listening to a special edition of MMA Fancast, brought to you by Octagon247.com. The UFC weigh-ins took place this morning, early this morning, at the Affinia Manhattan Hotel, right outside of Madison Square Garden. This is Ryan Middleton with my colleague James Sahara Mooney. What's up? What's up? What's up? Well, we are here in Manhattan. We've had a a bunch of different things happening with this UFC card. Um, You know, there's been some excitement for sure. Since we've arrived, and there's also been some some great disappointment, and we got one of those here today, this morning. Um, I hope this doesn't continue uh, for the UFC, where they try to put together these super cards, and then they just they fizzle out. Um, thankfully, this one's got plenty of uh, top name fighters on the card, and it, you know if you drop uh, one fight or two, it's not going to kill the card, but it's not looking too good, Ryan. We lost uh, the Cerrone fight. Um, Rashad Evans, Tim Kennedy got moved to 206. Uh, did, we did lose another fight, though, early on. It was uh, uh, on one of the prelims, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, I, don't, I don't recall what it was. I can't remember but either. still, three fights. Well, and, and, and that's the advantage. Most cards that you lose... A name like Donald Cerrone, you lose a name like Kevin Kelvin Gastelum, you lose a name like uh, you know Kennedy Evans, Evan, Rashad Evans, and Tim Kennedy. You lose those names on a card, and it is uh, it is very costly. And and fortunately, this is a card that could afford to lose those kind of names, just because I mean. When you have three title fights and you still have three title fights, that in and of itself um, is good. And we almost lost a fourth fight, to be honest. If if Jim Miller would have weighed in prior to mm, Tiago yeah. Alves, um, which Tiago Alves did the right thing and, and, and let Jim Miller know ahead of time, hey, I'm not going to make weight and I'm not going to be all that close. So knowing that there's a five-pound... Um, basically, in the, in, the, in the state of New York... Um, the way that their MMA, uh, uh, the the athletic commission has set up their sanctioning, is that any fighter cannot fight another fighter that doesn't weigh in within five pounds of each other. So the reason that in 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 other states the Cerrone fight would would have probably still happened, but in the state of New York. If your weigh-in is different within not within five pounds of each other, it's the fight's not happening. And so when uh, Cerrone stepped on the scales, it was before Calvin Gastelum did, and um, Gastelum wasn't even going to be within you know ten pounds of making weight. So they knew that um, once Cerrone had his official weigh-in, there's no going back from that. Now, see, shouldn't uh, you know, we talked about uh, Jim Miller's fight and how the two camps contacted each other. This can't be a situation where Gastelum thought that... I'm just assuming that Gastelum probably knew, beginning of the week, 
that it was going to be a struggle for him to make weight. So why didn't he? Why didn't the two camps work together then to to at least get to a, a catch? That's weight? not on two camps. That's on one camp. Well, I understand. I, I I totally agree with you there. But he's he's taken. I mean, you know, this is the third time. I don't know if we mentioned it. Third time. Okay, so uh, for Kelvin Gastelum, third time in seven bouts in the UFC for him that he's missed weight. Now, I don't know. I know that they do fines. I don't know if they've got something in place where if you miss weight twice in a weight class, you've got to go up. Um, but if not, they should they should have something instituted like that because lately we've had a lot of fighters miss weight and they need to stop, you know, because it's affecting the card. And look at the BJ. You know, BJ Penn, his, uh, his fight was different um, where he had to bow off for an injury. But you mentioned before, um, UFC 205's got is heavy top to bottom on all the uh, the fights. But you lose a big name for some of the cards, and it greatly affects that card. BJ Penn and his fight, that that was completely scrapped. Well, I'm going to be honest. As a, as a ticket, as someone who purchased a ticket, I am not happy that Cowboy Cerrone and Kelvin Gastelum are not fighting. I'm not happy about mm-hmm. that. That is... And so... The fact that there weren't concessions made ahead of ahead of time in advance, there wasn't warning. I mean, literally all that all that Gastelum had to do was contact Cerrone's camp before weigh-ins and say, "We're not going to make it." You have to know when you're 15 pounds over when weigh-ins are in in three hours that you're not making weight, and so. The phone call never happened. The contact never happened. And Cerrone went about his business, got his weight, you know, took, got weight. And ultimately, uh, that's a huge, uh, I mean, it's just terrible. Yeah, you and I, um, we talked about this off air. This was over by the Fighters Hotel. And uh, in saying that Cerrone would, you know, is definitely looking forward to, um, to actually fighting him, and I made the comment that he'd probably fight him right there in the streets, you know, after this happened. But having thought about this since that point, if I were Cerrone, I wouldn't want to fight him. I wouldn't want to take a chance again of preparing, you know, going through a full camp, and then it's time to fight. You know, I would never. I would never schedule a fight with Gastelum. Right, it, it's just not at one seventy. If I was Dana White, I would I would say you're done being scheduled to fight in this weight class. Mm-hmm. This is three. This is almost fifty percent of the time that you're scheduled to fight. You you aren't making what you're contracted to make. So when he came uh, out of uh, the Ultimate Fighter, he, I think he fought at one seventy, and then. After one fight, he, or no, 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 he fought at 185 and then went down to 170, mm. fought once, and I think he then missed weight. Um, and are you relying solely on your memory? Yeah, because you're a much, very elderly man. Thank you. I, so, I, I, a good looking elderly man. Well, I wouldn't, I mean, for blind people, maybe. And even then, they still would need to lose a sense of touch. You have a point there, touch. Ryan. Even blind people can see my beauty. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, but they yeah, can I smell your beauty too. But he was forced to go up to uh, to one eighty five once already by 
by Dana, you know, by UFC. I don't think, you know, the, the three times in seven, seven weigh-ins. It's ridiculous. It's unprofessional. Stop booking yourself for a weight you can't make. Dana White, stop booking. You say you're, Dana White uh, mentioned in, uh, to, I don't know, someone yesterday um, that he doesn't trust John Jones enough to have him headline a card. So, pr- pretty much, I, I mean, I don't believe it, but pretty much saying, like, John Jones won't be scheduled to headline a card going forward. So, which to me just really means that that he's going to schedule a, a really, really strong um you know, I, don't, I don't listen to anything that uh, that Dana White says anymore. After all the things he's been through with Conor McGregor, yeah, and how many times he said no, Conor's not doing this, and then what do we see happen? Conor ends up doing well. What he- Conor's a special situation. I mean, I think Dana has gotten to the point now where he's learned like, okay, yeah, Conor does, Conor will put his foot down, and and he's he we make enough money off of him that we're not gonna we can't do anything about it. So he's a special situation, but um, I think, you know, Dana White's an emotional guy, so he says never with, I mean, he said Ariel Hawani is suspended or in, um, never going to be uh, have his credentials. He's never going to get UFC credentials anymore, and... We all know that that lasted. Too. He's an emotional guy. He says things uh, when he's mad. He sa- says things when he's, um, you know. And so take it with a grain of salt, I think, some of the things he says. But I think he means well. And, and uh, listen, this is something he's built up. And he's, you're, are you dissing Dana? No. No. I'm never I, listening to anything yeah. Dana White ever says ever again. And I mean that in a positive Oh, way. I know why. Because you're elderly, you're starting to lose your hearing. I'm sorry, who am I talking to again? Exactly. So, um, on to, back to the weigh-ins. Um, there were some some different things that really happened at these weigh-ins. Uh, um, so, Conor McGregor weighed in, and he and Woodley weighed in back-to-back. And we're over at the, there's a, a rehydration table um, right at, as the fighters, uh, opposite of where they come in. Then they, they come into the room, um, and if you're facing, looking at the, the stage where they come in, where it's set up, they come in from the left-hand side and weigh in in the middle and then go off to the right-hand side, and there's a rehydration station. And they uh, were over there at the same time. And uh, Woodley gave the kind of like "what's up" nod, and McGregor never didn't say a word and just stared him down. They got like in a stare down, mm-hmm. and then finally McGregor said "what's up," and then that was that. Which leads to the rumor going on that that the announcement of the McGregor's is going to be that. If he wins this fight, he's going to face off against Woodley for the welterweight belt. If he, Well, if he wins. Yeah, if he wins. If Woodley wins. If both win. Oh, yeah. If, yeah, that, that, um, he'll, he'll have a welterweight championship bout after this, which is, I think, ridiculous. 
Woodley made the comment at the press conference that um, at 170 that they hit with a whole different type of power. You know, and I agreed with that to some extent, but there's there's some guys you know down in the lower ranks like in Bantam. Um, guys hit hard, and it doesn't matter. You know what size you are, or what you weigh. Knockout power is knockout power. See, I disagree with you. I think when you have the force behind it, that a guy that's going to weigh 185 during a fight uh, at 170 versus a guy that's going to weigh 168. Well, see that. I mean, I agree. There's a difference in um, like the punishment that you would take. Going up against a heavier opponent, you're going to absorb. You're going to take more damage quicker than you would in your your normal weight class. And I'm just saying that if somebody can knock you out, you know, 100 and, uh, 125 pound guy, 135 pound person can knock out somebody at 185. You know, it's knockout power. Knockout power. The difference is what happens during the rest of the fight when you're not going for that one punch, you, you could wear down your opponent a whole lot quicker. Um, and that's what I think would happen, you know, between Woodley and and uh, and McGregor. I don't know that... I mean, I, I mean Woodley's a really hard-hitting welterweight. And granted, McGregor would have a really nice speed advantage against him, but he, he can't take those kind of shots. Um, Nate Diaz is a lot slower than than Woodley. Oh, he's much slower. He's, and so, yeah. and so, he was able to deal with the the speed advantage of McGregor. So, I I don't think Woodley would. Oh, I mean, is that going to happen? I don't think so. I don't know what the announcement's going to be. I can only speculate. Any other ideas what that announcement might be? We heard yesterday that it was. From Eddie Alvarez that Conor McGregor's having two babies and his girlfriend's not having twins. And then today we hear, we see this stare down and the rumors are flying that that's what the announcement is. And they're trying to set that up. I don't, I don't buy it. Jim, where are you at with that? I think uh, of the two, the more likely would be, um, would be the, the first one with... Connor and Ty facing off, but I—that's I, just you know Dana's gonna a, start alienating his fighters. You have Connor who's basically gonna fight. He's fighting in three weight classes for you know three belts, and never having defended one. You know he—it's—he's got to make him go and defend a belt. You can't have all these other fighters sitting on hold waiting until um, the Conor McGregor Circus is, is back in town. Well, the Conor McGregor Circus is the moneymaker. I, I happen to love that circus. So, <laughs> you know, whatever Conor does, um, It sounds to me I'm like you're, you're attacking Gaina White yet again. I mean, I, you have been venomous towards Dana White for the past ten minutes. Well... I, I got nothing to say. Yeah, nothing I can neither to say. confirm nor deny that. Terry, what do you think about that? I 
I say that's a bunch of baloney. <laughs> Thanks, Terry. Uh, have you noticed how much better, healthier Terry Dactyl looks on this trip? Oh, I mean, you know, he, back in town, he's just he's I, I gangly got, looking yeah. and. Just he's just a mess. He's got that grayish color to him. He looks like he never he never like got out like he just got out of bed. But here, I mean, he's the energy level he has, the oh. enthusiasm, unreal, unreal. He, he has been a dude. You've been great. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And that's all we have from Terry Dactyl. Um, so back to fighters missing weight. I mean, what what's the solution for that? Like, how do we... I mean, listen, guys are going to miss weight from time to time. When it, I'm talking about the same guys missing weight over and over again, like Kelvin Gastelum. Um, what's, the, what's the right solution? They're taking 20% of their purse at this point. At this point, I think 100% of his purse is taken because he's not going to get the fight. Um... So he has no payday. Poor Donald Cerrone. I'm sure he's going to get his show money. Probably not going to get his win money. Um, it, it's a big financial burden having a camp. And and Cerrone, I saw him talking to our colleague Karen, Karen Bryant from MMA Heat. And uh, he said that, you know, he flew 20 people in and bought tickets for 20 people, uh, friends and family, to come in from California. So... That's a big deal. That's a big expense. Um, we talk, Again, we talked about this before, and the fighters missing weight. UFC wants to make sure that that doesn't become a repeat at every single weigh-in, or you hear news um, leading up to the weigh-in, the week of, where a fighter's not going to make weight, and there's negotiations for catch weight. They... UFC made the change for the weigh-ins. Instead of doing the 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. Um, the day before the fights, they changed it to weighing in by um, in the morning by, what is it, 10 or 11 a.m. And they did that for a number of reasons. Uh, to help the, the fighters rehydrate. So to have them do it, to have them do it in the morning instead of at night when... Basically, it is um, it's for health reasons. Correct. So that you don't... You're not bulking up so quick that, you know, you can have have some uh, some problems later on. Well, and giving you time to fully dehydrate so you're feeling 100% right. by the time of the Rehydrate. fight. Did I say dehydrate? You said, I think you're dehydrated right now. What makes you say that? Anyways, um, what about doing something like this? You know, if they're, if they're truly concerned about the fighter's health, why not have something in place... Like they're um, out of camp, they you know whatever they weigh, they've got, you know they've got to be within a certain percentage of of their walk around weight for their actual fighting weight. So let's just say, you know they walk around at um, one eighty three, and they can you know UFC will give them fifteen percent, which. You know, in that case, they could drop down to 170, and that would be healthy. But, you know, I think, like, uh, if you if we just use uh, Gaslam as an example, he's a big guy. And for him to get down to 170 is really stretching. I'll bet you he walks around um, close to 200. Uh, you know, it's 
out of camp. He's he's a big dude, regardless, and he's he's got to be mid one nineties, you know, because he he had no problems making one eighty five, you know. But for him to get down to one seventy, yeah, it's it's a lot to ask. So you know, speaking from a healthy perspective, you know, institute some type of policy like that where you've got to be within a certain percentage of your natural weight. And then, you know, they can do something to determine what a fighter's natural weight would be. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if that would solve it. I, I think, you know, my my proposed solution would be first time you miss weight, 20% of your purse. Second time, 40%. Third time, we, we will not book you at that weight again. We're just not going to book you at that weight again. So, or, yeah, you've got, um, you have to make so many appearances at that, um, at that weight. So, like, for Gaslam, he can't make 170. Um, you do the, uh, the fine of the 20%, second offense is 40%, and you can no longer fight at 170 for a period of, um, say, one year. Well, guys only get... Tend to or get, three fights. Guys tend to get bigger as they get older, so I think when, when guys get to the point... You know your your body just becomes more mature and and you know once you get to the point where you can't make weight, I don't think time's on mm. your side. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, look at uh, Dan Henderson. You yeah, know, he's Dan Henderson was always a uh, tiny two o five er. But still, you know, it's a guy that. Um, he works around it. He he weighed in at all of his two hundred five bouts well under two hundred five. Uh-huh. He was like two hundred three, two hundred four. Like he didn't have to cut. So that's his walk around weight. That's mm-hmm. why he he didn't have trouble. Are you speaking from experience that as you get older, you start putting weight on? Well, here's the thing. I noticed that your walker. Is bigger now <laughs> than your walker used to be. So, old man Jim, just watch yourself. Okay. Um, yeah. So, we. Uh, I don't know. Does it, it? Does it take a little bit of sting off the card? Maybe a little. Oh, I mean, when it comes down to it, Conor McGregor's still fighting Eddie Alvarez, and right. and I think people were really fired up about that, and. And there was a press conference yesterday, and Don Cerrone wasn't a part of that press conference, and Calvin Gastelum wasn't a part of that press conference, and there was a, a, a phone press conferences a couple weeks ago, and Don Cerrone wasn't a part of that. Like the promotional aspect, this is a card that hasn't needed their their names, right? And which is uh, which is saying a lot for UFC two hundred five. It is, and. What what a card! It's it's ridiculous. Um, so just from being around Manhattan, you know this is such a big city and such a different feel. For you know, you just get any other city I've been to a UFC event. You know, you're kind of a big group of people that's all in one place, and and you can just um, hear. You just get lost. Like, you're five seconds out of Madison Square Garden area or the Fighters Hotel area. and you, Or even near the Fighters Hotel, like, people, most of the people don't notice them. 
Well, look at uh, look at uh, Woodley when we saw him over at the Fighters Hotel. He comes out and he's got I mean, what would you say? Maybe a dozen people around him, one well, autograph, the, the, pictures. The, the and, fans that stand outside of the the hotels um, would crowd around him, get pictures with him, and stuff like that. And they, they just wait outside the hotel for fighters to come in and out and meet them and right. talk to them and things like that. Um, so those people were there just for um, the fighters. But I'm talking about when you go away from that that group of people, I mean, he just walked down the street pretty much with no yeah. problem. And you had uh, you had some, some uh, New York resident just come walking up to you and, and say... Who was that? And you yeah. had to explain it to I her. I said, that, that was Ty Woodley. He's the welterweight champion of the UFC. She goes, he is? I want to get his picture. Uh-huh. And went chasing after him. So, uh, yeah. It's it's different being here than when you're in... Last we were in Cleveland, uh, MMA fan cast made their, were, were kind of created um, from UFC 203 in Cleveland and just a totally different atmosphere. A totally different atmosphere. Now, even here in New York, where, you know, there's, you know, celebrities live here, like um, people who love the spotlight live in this town, and the big names, guys that we would recognize as big stars in UFC, they can still walk around with relative anonymity in this in this area. So I think that... Dana White might have trouble. Um, I think Dana White would probably get recognized fairly often walking down the street here. I think McGregor. Um, I would love to see McGregor. Walking down the street without like the people who were here to see him, like to just walk down the street and see the the people end up swarming around him, or can he just walk down the street? I'd love to, I'd love to see that. I mean, I'm sure he knows, Connor. If you're, we know you're listening, Connor. You're a big fan of the podcast. You're a big fan of Octagon Twenty Four Seven. So just give us a shout out. Let us know if we have time. We might get back to you. I, I think, but he's, don't be don't be holding your breath on that, Connor. I think this is him. Is he, me is right he calling now? in yeah, now? He is. I'll have to take a call later. Okay, yeah, just put it. Yeah, put it. Send it to voicemail. Okay, Connor, we're 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 doing something. We're a little busy right now. Um. Hey, uh, Terry, how are you doing over there? I'm doing just fine. Okay, thanks, Terry. Well, I think that about wraps it up. We uh, we have the 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 weigh-ins tonight, which are not the real weigh-ins, but uh, um, it's really for the fans. Just it's just a uh, a media event that the UFC puts on to garner more attention for whatever event um, is happening the next day. And in this case, it's UFC 205, MSG in New York City, first time ever. Well, and I think. I think fans would really miss the weigh-ins. I think the weigh-ins are a, are a, are a part of the excitement because by the time the weigh-ins happen, most people can get, you know, their Friday afternoons off, but doing it like the other things during the week that that happen like the Tuesday uh, the 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 two the Wednesday open 
workouts and the Thursday press conference and and by they they miss a lot of those things, but they can get like Friday afternoon off and be able to get down here to Madison Square Garden and make it in time for the weigh-ins, which um, is part of the reason why the weigh-in tickets went within like an hour. They were gone mm-hmm. from Ticketmaster, which really shocked me. And I'm, you know, glad I got um, an email from the UFC to to, to get mine. Yeah. I wanted to uh, change the subject just for a second. I know we're going to be wrapping up here in just a few minutes, but I wanted to go back to yesterday with Tyrone Woodley and his response to Wonder Boy's comments, which was which was really a comp- compliment and showing him respect for what he's done. What do you think it is? Do you think it's just um, locally at um, inside the, uh, the the Madison Square Garden Theater where his response to Wonder Boy caused that the booing um, well, I and the negativity? To, because I see, I see Woodley. I like him. Um, I don't see him as a bad guy, like a villain in the UFC. I'm going to have to go back. Something makes me think after he won the belt, he did something in the post-fight. I'm going to have to go back and... Because I don't remember him doing anything. But there's a, I feel like there's a reason that it's been relatively recent um, that he's gotten negative, um, negatively treat, you know, treatment from the fans. Um, I don't know what what exactly um, it is, but I, I have to believe there was something. All right, so you'll look into that, and uh, maybe we'll put something up on uh, on the website. You can either go to octagon247.com, or we might even have some info posted on Facebook. Either way, you'll find it from us. But, yeah, it just it struck me as odd because I never really saw him as as a bad guy. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, until I really got to spend time with you, I didn't... Yeah, I did see you as a bad guy. I saw you as an old guy, too. Well, what do you think, Terry Dactyl? I think you're both old and ugly! Thanks, Terry. Well, that wraps it up for us. We will be back with you um, probably the, tonight. We'll put put another one of these out after the, after the weigh-ins. And certainly we'll put one or two out tomorrow um, as well. And then just before we go, I wanted to make mention of today being Veterans Day. Um, A lot of people out there are uh, military veterans, and we just want to thank you for your service, for for what you've done, being selfless um, and not selfish in serving our country and, you know, making sure that this country will get to do things like we experienced on Tuesday, um, even though there's been some fallout with uh, the election, post-election, some uh, some issues here and there with people protesting. But um, because of what you've done for us, you give those people, even the protesters, you stand up for their rights to speak their minds. And we want to thank you for your service and everything that you've done for us, um, as well as your families being supportive behind you, allowing you um, and supporting you when you go out and you um, and you stand for this country. God bless America. Thank you, veterans. So on behalf of 
MMA FanCast and Octagon 24-7. This is Ryan Middleton signing off and wishing you a very, very special Veterans Day.